Welcome to Lonely Girls, a podcast dedicated to examining, archiving, and applauding the loneliest girls in media and pop culture history. I am Madeline, and I didn't get nominated for a Golden Globe. And I'm situated right here uh-huh. with my dear co-host, Hi. Rebecca. Whose therapist is out of the country. <laughs> Who's on medication that makes her say things she doesn't mean. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Like, I'm getting back with my ex. Yeah. Okay, so we're just adjusting our tiny sunglasses Mm, and and our our black leather jackets. That we wear in the hot, hot Nevada sun. (laughs) But it's air conditioning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If if that wasn't a hint enough. (laughs) Today we are talking about the, the most... Famous. Oh, the most famous, the most important, the most uh, groundbreaking film of the early 2000s, mm-hmm. America's Sweetheart. America's, I think, okay, so we said we weren't going to talk about our intro to, I'm going to really fast. Okay. I was on a Katherine Hepburn, like, uh, fever, mm-hmm. which I have about two to three times a year, yes. as famously your mother does. Mm-hmm. And I... Shout out to Chris. <laughs> shout out to Chris. But I just was like, I needed more. And I had watched all of them online that I had free access to. And I just, I had seen clips of this on TV here and there. And I just knew it would give me that same screwball Catherine Hepburn hit. So I clicked on it. And did it? Oh, yeah. I remember seeing the cover of this. Uh, when I went to the like a blockbuster mm-hmm. as a child and being like, "What is this old-fashioned romp? What is this good time Hollywood romp? And when can I see it?" And because it was PG thirteen, I was not allowed to watch it until Which, uh, I was PG thirteen. Honestly, there's a little bit of talk about a character's endowment. Julia Roberts and John Cusack do have sex. That's they have true. a one night stand. They do, and he's jacking off. Oh, that's true. I was, just <laughs> saying, I was like, this is pure as the snow. So I messaged Maddie, and I was like, Oh my gosh, I love this Catherine Zeta Jones character. And Maddie was like, No, I love this movie. It's literally one of my favorite films ever, and I it, it's a film I am always down, down to watch to- like I always want to watch America's Sweetheart. we just finished it and I watched it one or two days ago and I knew we were going to be talking about it when we were together which heyo ah Maddie's in Atlanta I'm in Atlanta I'm Atlanta Maddie yeah Atlanta Maddie. she's so different y'all <laughs> and um and so I watched it and then the next night I was like I could watch this again and then I was like, no, you can hold out for one more day. Yeah. Um, but also, let's just start talking about the movie. We have no, to do our loneliest, loneliest moment, moment of, the of the week, week. Rebecca. Okay, you start. No, I think I've started all the last episodes. I think mm-hmm. you need to start. Well, I've got to think of something. Okay, well, I'll go because I know mm-hmm. my loneliest moment. Good. So I, um, uh, I just... You know, sometimes you just, like, need to be on a roof, I always say. Mm. There's nothing, like, lonelier than, like, a roof. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am very fortunate to exist in a an apartment complex where I have to 
park on the roof. You have a great roof. I do have a really, a very nice roof. And I have been sort of, just sort of in like the throes of uh, a sort of like emotional tornado, a sort of like... (laughs) A sort of like tense, repressed emotional tornado mm-hmm. and had a very lovely friend over of like a deeply lovely friend who absolutely has my best interests at heart. And we were talking about sort of inciting incident of the repressed emotional tornado. Oh, I know what this is. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> and this friend gave me some just some words that were so harsh and so truthful that um it rocked me to my core like really truly rocked me to my core and I was almost like so stunned to speak and so grateful because I I I really appreciate when someone can be like hey he's just not that into you Uh, famously famously and so then this friend we you know we spent time together this friend had to go when you are over my apartment you park on the roof as well if you're a guest you park on the roof as well and so I um let them you know out of the apartment I let them you know leave Mm -hmm. um and was still sort of on the roof Mm. and the second their car was out of my eyesight I just started sobbing I I was sobbing I was I was ugly heaving crying it was so dramatic it was ugh. and I was standing there on the roof just feeling so sorry for myself feeling so in the throes of of rejection and emotional immaturity and the only thing I could possibly think to do in that moment was to take out my phone and position um, the camera to face me and then position myself in sort of like, you know, rule of threes Mm -hmm. uh, with the, you know, the buildings in the background, me in the, you know, in the foreground, um, and then just record myself crying. Is that, did you put that on TikTok? No, I did not. Well, guys, <laughs> go to the Instagram because. No, we will not be posting that video ever. We will not be posting Maddie's, unless you Venmo me like a thousand dollars. Then well, I'll, then I'll give it to you. And y'all, if you don't have a video or a picture, I took a picture of me crying recently. Then you're not a lonely girl. <laughs> a, a lonely girl. The loneliest thing a girl can do is take a video of herself crying. I've never done a video, but I have. I do have some you, really depressing. You literally pictures. posted a video of yourself crying on our Instagram. That's different. I am having a panic. <laughs> I've posted it multiple times. Um, you're right. You're right. No, but but the, like, there's a difference between like sincere sobbing. That's yeah. just for you to have to know. To know it's. The- I, I was sad. I was really sad about this. Yeah. I was really crying. But I I think there was something about watching it back later, like you know, a week later, and being, you know, struck by oh, I I don't feel as bad now, and that's yeah. good. 
So that was my loneliest moment of the week. And this is good information for me that next time I need to give you some tough love, (laughs) I'll be like, quick, to the 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 closest (laughs) rooftop. Here we go. To the camera. To the camera. Let's film me telling you something that you don't want to hear. That I don't want to hear, that I need to hear, that someone needs to tell me. Mm -hmm. Um, And just turn it into something cinematic. Yeah. Art. Okay, so what was your loneliest moment? Do you have it now? As soon as you started talking, I was like, oh, oh, yeah. Okay, y'all. So, (laughs) so like, I've been messaging different friends, and I do think a lot of my friends in town are in this very transitionary place where people are just not as accessible. And as a girl who literally has a podcast called Lonely Girls, I have a very active social life because I'm committed to never being that girl who sat alone at lunch again. Mm -hmm. I will never be her again, I say. (laughs) And and I have been, quote unquote, like sitting alone at lunch. Before you got here, Maddie, let's see. I had work on Saturday and then I had work at uh, Sunday. So, but then at four... My boss was like, ah, like, let's just go home. And then I was like, oh, okay. And then on Sunday, we were going to record. We didn't. Yes. And then I had plans with a friend. She was like, wait, it's the 4th of July. Right. She canceled. And then Tuesday, I had no plans. I, and then on Wednesday, famously, my birthday. Her birthday. So then, like, then I started doing things again. But I was like alone Mm. and I didn't have any plans and then on Instagram it's really sad yeah dudes like I was alone on the 4th of July alone in my apartment cross-stitching so was I but you went to a barbecue no I didn't go to the barbecue well you were invited to a barbecue I I was invited to a barbecue but do you want to know something really gross yeah sometimes I'm like I feel like if I was I don't know if I'm going to keep this in, but like if I was like famous or if I was in a relationship or something, I would be invited to things. And Mm -hmm. y'all, famously, I do have good friends and I was just alone for 48 hours plus 12 more. Mm. How many is that? 60? Yes. I was alone for 60 hours. And I do like to do a whole day by myself. I really do. Do you have anything that... Well, and this is why you watched America's Sweethearts. It, it is. So thank goodness I was alone <laughs> for 60 hours. Because otherwise, would, would you have even decided mm-hmm. to watch this incredibly incredible film? You want to know... <laughs> you want to know what's, who's not lonely? Oh, who isn't lonely? Well, sometimes people people in couples aren't lonely. Oh, okay. And we just watched a movie about mm. two people in a in a couple. We did. We did. Um, and the highs and lows of their Hollywood whirlwind romance. Yes. Yes. Um, but sometimes it's lonely at the top. Oh my gosh. Famously. 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 Famously lonely at the top. And also sometimes you're in a relationship and you've never felt more alone. Wow. Wow. Themes on themes on themes. Themes on themes on themes. Sometimes you're just wandering around a pool. In white. In in all white and in a banana hair clip. 
And that's so lonely. That's so lonely. Okay, so we are yes. Let's circle it back to, to America's, America's sweethearts. Uh, this is a 2001 film. Um, it is directed by Joe Roth. Joe Roth. That sounds like I inserted <laughs> the audio. That was ADR. <laughs> Joe Roth. Roth. Okay, wait. I'm just checking because you know I don't know anyone's. Names. I also. I mean, I should know. John Roth. Joe Roth. I'm. I'm on airplane mode. She's on air. <laughs> Yo, she's on airplane mode. <laughs> I try to text you. Dude, she's on, on airplane, airplane mode. mode. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. That is what the people want. Give them what they want. It is directed by Joe Roth. Oh, you were right. Okay, so America's Sweetheart is a two... America's Sweethearts is a 2001 film that is directed by Joe Roth and is co-written by Billy Crystal and Peter Tolan and it tells the story of a celebrity couple that famously starred in many many films together they were a real couple in real life a Spencer Tracy and a Katherine Hepburn just you just keep pairing them together and the audience can't get enough like a Meg Ryan and a Tom Hanks yes like an Emma Stone and a Ryan Gosling Mm, mm. but if they were dating in real life like a Zendaya and a Tom Holland. Yes. People love when that happens. They love it when that happens. But what happens when this celebrity couple breaks up and has a very tumultuous breakup? We begin our story at the uh, production offices of yes. Stanley Tucci's father. Yes. <laughs> Stanley Tucci's father has um, passed away. Has shuttled, shuffled a ton of money into a production made by notable Hollywood genius, sort of avant filmmaker Hal Weidman, played by Christopher Walken, and I kind of see him as like a Terrence Malick. Yes, oh, absolutely a Terrence Malick. I yeah, more like like a David Lynch, like mm-hmm. benign but exact. Yes. Um. And so Stanley Tucci, being this producer with a lot of pressure on him to uphold his father's name, uh, is frantic because he has not received a cut of this film that they put a ton of money into this house. Eighty-six million. Eighty-six million dollars, which even back then in two thousand and one was a lot. Like mm-hmm. especially for what looks like a sci-fi romance set in Nazi Germany? Yeah, that's what we're getting. Oh, time and... Time traveling. Time traveling. And it was what's... like a... It was trying to be, I think, Blade Runner. Yes. Yes. Blade Runner meets Cabaret. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Which... Sign me up. Sign me up. Literally sign me up. Are you kidding if me? anyone does Blade Runner the musical without us, I've... So so I've never so, seen Blade I've, Runner. I've never seen Blade Runner either. But we're still going to be pissed. Oh, we'll be uh, really upset. Uh, this also happens to be the last film that our our Hollywood couple, mm-hmm. with the names of Gwen and John Cusack. <laughs> and insert John Cusack's Cusack. character. What is his name? Okay, I'll look it up and we can play that fun game where... You try to guess it. Eddie. 
You got it. Eddie and Eddie and Gwen. So Gwen is this sort of Angelina Jolie. Oh, but better. But like, but I, I would say more like more commercial. But she is like the it girl. She is played by Catherine Zeta-Jones, who, uh, apologies to everyone listening, we will not stop talking about how beautiful she is. Just, how many times did we just go, oh my god. And she's she's so beautiful. And actresses are beautiful at every age. Like, I think Mamma Mia, I think it captures Meryl Streep at a very beautiful moment in Mm -hmm. her life. Like, truly gorgeous. And this captures one of the phases of Catherine Zeta-Jones's beauty. Mm. It's just... She's so beautiful. So her and Eddie. Eddie. Catherine Zeta-Jones and John Cusack Mm -hmm. were married until Catherine Zeta-Jones started sleeping with um, the actor Hector. Hector. Who also starred in the film with them, played by Hank... Azaria. So right now we are at the point where Eddie and Gwen are not on speaking terms. The last film they ever made together is being put together by Hal Weidman. It's an, a year and a half later. A year and a half later. And Stanley Tucci is trying to get this film made and Hal refuses to send him the cut of the film. Yeah, which is amazing. Okay, so that's all the lead up. And um, I'm going to, anyways, Shakespeare was famous. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, here we go. Shakespeare is famous for having often the exposition revealed in the first scene. And the exposition is so interesting. And he's like, no, no, no. Anyways, that already happened. And he (laughs) begins on the action, which I just think is funny and is kind of happening here. But um, so Billy Crystal, which fun fact, he co-wrote this script and he was supposed to play the John Cusack character, which I think is really interesting, but he aged out of it just a tiny bit. And I still would have totally, if it was like Meg Ryan and John Cusack. Yeah, no, if it was if it was Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal in 2001. Sorry, yeah, that's what I meant. Meg Ryan and... Yeah. I would have watched it. But I actually really like Billy Crystal in this role. I think he's he's, he's great. And he's also sexy. He's oh, Billy Crystal. When he wears that sex. white t shirt with the black sweater. vest over it. Yes. Mm. I mean, he is like that is like TikTok. Mm. He had those like swoopy boy hair. Mm. Absolutely. And, and so he is um a one time producer. He's a one time PR uh, mm. film promoter. Who has just been fired by Stanley Tucci. Yes. And he's very good at his job. So he's like one of, as soon as he's thrown back into the role, he was fired. Stanley Tucci's like, dude, I need you. Brings him back on. He immediately is like, okay, where are we doing the press junket? And they're like, in a place in the middle of town? No, 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 no. We've got to capture them there. So they don't realize we don't have a film yet. We need the drama. And then someone's like, take them to this resort in the middle of the desert that they can't escape. Which... Also, for like filming purposes, obviously it was so, written by film people. So brilliant. They're so like, easy. literally, we're just gonna. We film are going in to, a hotel. We're filming in a hotel. That's so brilliant. And everybody is staying in the hotel. Oh my God. It's so easy. Oh my He's, God. It's such a, it's such a tight film. It's we're gonna easiest, talk about this later, but it's, it's the easiest. It's so genius. So, anyways, 
Um, they're there, and then they have to get the gang back together. So Billy Crystal is basically Stanley Tucci is saying, if you can get Gwen and Eddie to this press junket in the middle of nowhere, I will give you your job back. Mm-hmm. And luckily, that's not... He has a scene with both of them and gets them there. And that's one of the things that's so great. In a, in a worse movie, it would have been half the movie getting them to the press junket and half of the movie doing the press junket. But they're there, like, immediately. They do not like each other. Mm-mm. And we have now met all the characters. Catherine, the beautiful we Catherine. Haven't, we haven't met all the characters yet. Well, we've met... So, America's Sweethearts. We've met America's Sweethearts, but mm-hmm. we go in on a Larry King interview with oh, Gwen. Oh, yes. And this is where we meet maybe our, arguably our lead actress. Yeah. Because we haven't talked about, we haven't That's introduced true. her yet. Yeah, the little known actress, <laughs> Julia Roberts, who actually was offered the Catherine Zeta-Jones character. She had just been in Notting Hill, where she played the most famous actress in the world, yes. a.k.a. herself. <laughs> a.k.a. It, she's it, doing it, an, an, an Ocean's 12 again, where yes. she's just playing herself. Yes, but in this one, she is the sister to Catherine Zeta-Jones Jones. character. And I must say, once again, her beauty is coming up. They do a great play job of downplaying Julia Roberts where you still understand she's warm and wonderful but next to Catherine Zeta-Jones you're like okay this is a movie star yeah and this is an attractive lady only someone like Catherine Zeta-Jones could make Julia Roberts look look like a normal person look like a normal lady and so Julia Roberts is sort of you can tell their relationship, their entire lives has been exactly like this. It's very codependent. Incredibly codependent. And Catherine Zeta-Jones is this beautiful, bratty, self-absorbed... Talented. Talented, charismatic uh, woman, girl. And Julia Roberts is her maybe older, maybe younger sister. They never really specify it. Mm Mm-mm who has been assisting her in her life and her career. Yeah. So. So, we go to the desert. We get to the desert. We get to the press junket. Billy Crystal talks John Cusack into, who's been at a... Like a wellness center retreat. Like a, for like six months? Yeah, he's he's basically just like gone to rehab, essentially, for six months, but, and has lost his mind. And, and what's funny is he says like, yeah, in two weeks people are fixed, and Billy Crystal's like, how long have you been here? And he was like, six months, which is really funny. <laughs> That's and, so funny. And he's not done healing. He'll never be done. No. But we're introduced to this angry boy child. Oh. That is, I, I asked my mom is John Cusack hot? She looked at a picture and she said, he either looks like he would be the sweetest guy or a psychopath. Mm. And I was like, Becky, icon, thank you. (laughs) Um, So anyways, mom just summed it up for us. Yes. Here we go. I think John Cusack is like excellent Mm -hmm. in this role. I think, interestingly, Robert Downey Jr. was going to be cast in the role of Eddie, which I can totally see. And I think would have been amazing it just would have been a totally different performance and interestingly enough the meltdown john john cusack is pretending to have blessed robert downey jr (laughs) was actually having this meltdown absolutely which is so that was like 
a role. He would have done a great. He would have been adorable. But anyways, so you know what? I think it ended up okay. I think it ended up all right. For I'm in the camp of John Cusack being incredibly hot. I, I yeah. I'm very attracted to him. He's absolutely my type and it hurts I don't like it it yeah. doesn't make me feel good there were like a few times where I was like ooh ooh red <laughs> flag no and I was and like Maddie was like melting down <laughs> in the seat and I was like mm-hmm. no and and I, and I yeah melting melting down melting down and in, in um, onto that red flag yeah she loves a red flag I love a red flag I don't know just the dumber the better for me. <laughs> yeah, no, he is he's he's not dumb enough. That's he, the thing. He's not no, he's too angry. He's very angry. And you okay. know I don't like loud places and anger leads to people being loud. Yeah. And I absolutely refuse for anyone. This is about the the noise level you're hearing right now is as loud as I'll tolerate. Yeah. So, so, so we get to the desert, we're at the press junket, and this is the first time that Eddie and Gwen are our lead actors of this film, time after time. Time over time, time under time. Let's not, talking. let's not look it up. Oh. <laughs> I think it's, if you just texted me, happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, icon. 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 For reference, Rebecca's birthday was yesterday. hey So... They are promoting this film. It's the first time they've seen one another. In his mind, Eddie is like, I have to win Gwen back. I have to win this woman back. And Gwen is like, no, he's crazy. I haven't won a Golden Globe. Everything's so hard. I want to be with Hector, my new boyfriend. Give me my tiny glasses. Give me my tiny glasses and my creamy leather coat. Also, I want to say... They, her and Hector have now been together for a year and a half. Yeah. That's actually, like, really impressive. That's a long time, especially, like... uh, And they're still really into each other. They are still very much into one another. Gwen, Eddie, Catherine Zeta-Jones, John Cusack. But do you know who also is now seeing each other for the first time? (gasps) Kiki. Oh, did we say that Julia Roberts' character's name is Kiki? That is, guys... That's a very important point. Very important. Like... The entire movie, I'm just imagining someone else sitting and watching this movie with us. Yeah. We just, the whole time the we're whole going, just like, Kiki, 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 Julia Roberts plays Kiki. Famously. Catherine Zeta-Jones is um, just sort of, what's the word? Personal assistant? But like, martyr of a sister? Yeah, like, you she's know? a Martha. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Where you're sort of like, okay, girl. Also, it is important to note that since since the year and a half that uh, Kiki hasn't seen Eddie and Gwen hasn't seen Eddie, mm-hmm. Kiki has lost 60 pounds. And it's something that everybody comments about. Yeah. Well, it is implied, and also we do see later, which we'll talk about, that she was overweight before Mm -hmm. and was not particularly um uh, she didn't really know how to like feel confident in her body or style herself and now she is sort of turned into a thin glamorous julia roberts great and but i mean one thing i do love as is the same with just someone uncomfortable in their body yeah 
famously me. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no one's allowed to see my body. Yeah. But anyways, one thing I think is really a costuming detail I really liked is Julia Roberts doesn't really wear a lot of fitted clothes because just generally people, doesn't matter what size you are, if you're not comfortable in your body... Yeah, she doesn't... She doesn't wear super tight stuff. Yeah, and she's always wearing, like, long sleeves, Mm -hmm. layers. Big sweaters. Exactly. So, so they still... So, um, Kiki has seen Eddie. mm Mm-hmm. Eddie has seen Catherine Mm Zeta-Jones. Mm-hmm. Catherine Zeta-Jones has not seen Eddie yet. Mm -hmm. And Eddie, in his sort of... Uh, mania if you will he realizes I can feel her I can sense Gwen I can sense her she's in the next room which I loved because the Maddie goes that's that's me and then that's truly me and then at one moment when Catherine Zeta-Jones goes I wasn't nominated for a golden globe I was this year I too have moments (laughs) moments <laughs> of grandeur where I'm upset I wasn't nominated this year yeah. for a for, golden for globe. For a golden globe. Um, they are sort of, the pairs are definitely a bit of like a duality in us. Mm-hmm. Eddie decides he has to go see Gwen. He has to see her even though she said she doesn't want to see him. Yes. Until these press interviews. Mm-hmm. Uh hijinks ensue they're sort of they're sort of when they get to the hotel it's a very like they're in a contained space there's a lot of different like he's going here she's going here mm-hmm. she's seen this billy crystal's meddling john cusack falls on a cactus and on a security camera looks like he's jacking off in front of Catherine zeta jones's house all he's doing is pulling out needles all he's doing is pulling out needles from his crotch area he's not actually jacking off everybody what a 2001 moment truly um what is important to note is in the sort of unfolding of this story Mm -hmm. you see into the past and you see and you see julia roberts and john cusack interact and you realize julia roberts the younger sister of Catherine zeta jones who's the wife of john cusack julia roberts is in love with john cusack has been pining, has been pining and john. yearning for john cusack her sister's husband for years years for years and that's why julia roberts is amazing Mm. is I don't think Billy Crystal towards the end is like oh my gosh you like him but like you don't hear that no one says that nobody knows post their hookup yeah literally no it's she is so it is all about how she stares it's just it's it's so contained and I think like everybody has just been I think it's like glaringly obvious however everyone is used to not no one pays attention to Julia Roberts. Kiki. 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 So her and Eddie see each other for the first time in a year and a half. And their chemistry is off the charts. Whether or not Eddie knows it, he he likes Kiki, obviously. Like, mm. they enjoy one another's company. Well, they, they kissed. That's important. Oh, yeah. So when she... So Gwen, when Gwen, once the news happens that Gwen has cheated 
on John Cusack. When Catherine, when the news comes out, Catherine Zeta-Jones cheated on John Cusack. Julie Roberts goes to check on him. And he's been drinking. He's been drinking and he kisses her. And it's interesting because even that kiss that they show. He doesn't like, he doesn't like pull away and where he's like, oh gosh, I shouldn't have done that. He's like, he's so, they kiss. But it's also not a passionate kiss. It's almost like a, like a European kiss where you just kiss someone goodbye. Yeah. It's a very comfortable. Mm. And what's interesting is then they, those two people had a friendship before they don't see each other for a year and a half after Mm -hmm. which honestly like julie roberts work yeah like you had a huge crush on him he kissed you and she's still gonna be respectful yeah she's still she she realizes that like it's not the right time i know (laughs) right now right now rebecca's making because it's kind of like this oh it's so sweet she She like almost like jazz hands when like, he kisses her, like she can't little can, butterflies. She doesn't, she doesn't know what to do. She wants to grab him, and then she doesn't, and then she. Oh, and she just—it's so sweet. And then also, you know, Bridget Jones, I like you just the way you are. Yeah. And he comments, and we're gonna talk about all of this later. But like everyone's saying to Julie Roberts, like, like, "Oh, you look good. You look amazing." And he was like, "You looked. You always look great. You always looked great." And that I think, honestly, for me, like bumped it up a whole star. Yeah. Because, like, and he's... A whole Golden Globe. And the whole Golden Globe. He, like, um, because the way he says it is in such a boyishly, like, she worked very hard to lose all this weight. And it's such a boy thing to just be like, yeah, you always look good. And it's, like... And it's, and it's, it's really, like... It's lovely and such a compliment, but also so, like, like very dis- like <laughs> yeah. very um what I love is like so boyishly stupid and dismissive. Yes. In a like and that's my favorite thing. Yeah. That's why there's yeah, so many things I don't like about thing. boys. <laughs> but I my favorite thing about boys sometimes is how they just don't get it. Yeah. Like there was a guy and I had a huge crush on him and part of it was like a girl got bangs. All the girls were like, oh, "You got bangs, you look great." And he was, like, not complimenting her. And a girl got mad at him. And they were like, Ryan, say something about the bangs. Because, like, this girl was, like, really insecure about her bangs. And she's like, Ryan, do you like them? And he couldn't tell what had happened. And he, he was, was like, like, uh, 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 like, panic, panic. And it was so clear she had just gotten bangs. And he couldn't tell what he was supposed to say he liked. I just... I really, I'm really into, I'm really into John Cusack's character in this film. It's really upsetting. We're in the desert. Eddie and uh, Kiki are Kiki. You know, they're oh. they're clearly having a good time. Uh, Eddie and Gwen have to do the press to the press junket interviews. It goes horribly as it as it does. We also learn that Gwen hasn't served Eddie the divorce papers yet, mm-hmm. and she's planning on doing that um, at dinner. And she's planning on doing that at some point this evening. Yes. Billy Crystal, ever the sort of instigator, orchestrator of all things decides to convince Eddie and Gwen to have dinner together. Surrounded by all of the The, press. So they will fall in love again with Eddie and Gwen. They'll believe that Eddie and Gwen are getting back together, and it won't matter if the movie is good or not. They'll Mm -hmm. go and watch it. That's Mm -hmm. the whole point. Gwen decides that she can't see Eddie. She's She's 
<laughs> she's, she's sick. And so Kiki goes down and has dinner with Eddie. And it's one of my favorite scenes. It's really sweet. And Eddie is just enjoying Gwen so much. Not Gwen. John Cusack is just enjoying Julia Roberts so much. They have such... Great chemistry. Great chemistry. Really, like, really lovely sort of grounded performances. I feel like it's a great example for all my little actors out there. um, How, like, they say listening is so important. And if you watch that scene... Most of it is cutting to Julia Roberts listening to John Cusack. Mm. And she's just so, so in love with him. And she's so just, it's also in love, but she's just so happy to be mm. near him. And he's like feeling happy and alive in a way he hasn't in a long time. And the way he probably never felt with Gwen. Never. And also like they very much strike me as, you know, those people that think that passion is love yeah. and you know that Gwen and Eddie as a couple fought all the time all the time but they thought it was because they were so in love that's why they felt such strong emotions together yeah whereas Kiki and Eddie have this really lovely just warm friendship with then, one another yeah, it's, it's really and you can they're talking about old memories and you can really you don't need a ton of like exposition or context and you just you understand immediately like why she was so into him mm-hmm. and like I don't even want to say how blind he was because that I just don't believe in that I just uh it makes what's about to happen make a lot more sense mm-hmm. and so Billy Crystal uh, ooh, genius oh, move Billy he, Crystal he calls up and he's he's putting on also um one of our crushes really I have a crush on everyone in this movie yeah who do we not have a crush on literally no uh, one. everyone I have a crush on everyone in this film that's a great way of putting it so anyways <laughs> America's Sweetheart exit out I have a crush on everyone in this movie um he calls up to Gwen and he's like Billy Crystal's like hey Catherine Zeta-Jones uh, Julia Roberts is here, and Julia Roberts looks great. So sorry you're sick, knowing that Catherine Zeta-Jones, even though she is the most beautiful human in the world, is going to get jealous. She shows up in a little red number. Oh my gosh, she looks insane. <laughs> I actually think, though, she looks more beautiful in like her yeah. button-ups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think it's like in the red she's performing movie star. Yeah. I actually think it's the least beautiful she is in the entire movie. And I want to think that they did that on purpose. I think, yeah, she's like in like an off-the-shoulder red glittery number. It's kind of out of... It's definitely out of place. Oh, yeah. She comes in, and then Hector is, you know, the boyfriend. He follows, and then he, Hector is very jealous, sees Catherine Zeta-Jones around John Cusack. Hector gets jealous. They're, they come to fists. They come to blows. They come to blows. Uh, The men. The two men come. The two men, men, just those hot-blooded, red. Catherine Zeta-Jones is absolutely loving it she's living for these two men fighting over her eddie is trying john cusack is trying really hard to like keep it chill he's trying not to you know by being like grateful for the sky yeah i'm grateful for the sky i'm grateful for the sun oh i just got why the line at the end makes which one oh how he's grateful for her oh okay we'll come back to that um 
And so Eddie gets punched in the face by Hector. Not punched in the face, sorry. He gets slammed in the face with a drink tray by Hector. And so we get like our favorite rom-com trope ever. Our tropity tropist of tropes. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Where Kiki goes up to Eddie's hotel room with him and tends to his wound. Mm -hmm. She's touching his face. They're looking at one another. And they actually, what's interesting is they actually don't say much. They don't really say anything at all. There's just this understanding where it's not like in the first one where her hands are like fluttering and she's like, what do I do? What do I do? Instead, they just, they kiss. And it's all very, it's not like all of a sudden like hair, hands and hair. No, it's, it's very... It's very like comfort. They're very comfortable with each other. It just other. feels right. It's just really, really sweet. So then really you wake sweet. up the next morning. You wake up the next morning. You, we do all in bed with this. <laughs> you too, listener. <laughs> wake and, up in bed with and John reader Cusack. and reader. Yes, I married him. And reader, we all woke up <laughs> in bed with, with John Cusack, Cusack. and so, needing to brush our teeth, covering. Covering the um, our mouths with bed sheets. Yeah, this whole thing is just such a testament to chemistry. It's so adorable. They have this really lovely, I don't know, blip in a timeline together until, of course, mm-hmm. uh, Eddie gets a call from Gwen, who has decided, who has decided mm-hmm. that she feels so bad about what happens, and she has to see Eddie. She has to see Eddie. And Eddie, in sort of a panic, um, goes to see her. Mm -hmm. And when Julia Roberts realizes, when she's sort of hit with the reality of like, oh. He's always going to. He's always going to go back to Gwen. Mm -hmm. She has this hold over him that I will never have. And even though I thought what happened the night prior would give me a leg up or, or seal some sort of deal, that's not how it works. So she leaves. Mm-hmm. He's like, where did you go? Mm-hmm. And he goes to see Gwen. There's a whole altercation with Gwen and Eddie. Gwen has, oh gosh, Catherine Zeta-Jones does the most amazing line read where she's talking about giving him the divorce papers. Mm-hmm. She's like, I just, I feel so bad. I just, when I got here, I was so sure that I, I I wanted a divorce, but now I don't know. Or should I just give you the papers? I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. And it's just, we we talk about this all the time, but just like with just women that are so beautiful that if I was to say that to someone, <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. like You sh- get slapped in the Should face. I hand you the divorce papers? And the person would go, oh my gosh, you're a psychopath. <laughs> Why I'm printing off my own, yeah, you know, but like it's Catherine. She's it's Ka- so it's Catherine Zeta Jones, and she's she's a comedic genius. Yeah, if she would have said it to me, I would have been like, I don't, I don't know. Oh, I what don't do you know. want me let's, to do? Let's figure this out together. So, uh, Kiki, um, Julia Roberts overhears this whole conversation. Is uh, understandably incredibly frustrated when mm-hmm. John Cusack isn't out the gate like. No, I love your sister, not you, you psychopath. Mm -hmm. And so she storms out. He goes out after her. They have a big argument. Mm -hmm. 
it seems, you know, that all is lost. The all, all is, is lost. lost moment. She's packing those she's, leather jackets. She's packing all the leather jackets she has. And she's out of there. However, there is the premiere of the film. That no one has seen yet. That no one has seen yet. And just in time, a helicopter flies in. It's Chris Walken, a.k.a. Terrence Malick. Chris Walken. Yeah, no, that is his name. A.k.a. Oh, Chris. Oh, Chris Walken. A.k.a. Hal Weidman. Mm-hmm. With the the cut of the film. The fully, the fully fledged cut of the film. And so the press is there. The cast is there. Kiki isn't there at first, but it happens. The film starts... And honestly, this is kind of genius. I've never seen this sort of like concept done in a film before. This whole film can be a little tropey, but this little twist in it is kind of insane. Mm-hmm. You like you definitely don't guess that this is what we're about to see. Yeah. Um, and what are we about to see? It's a documentary. It's a documentary. It's a documentary where guys, surprise, Bl- Blade Runner Cabaret. <laughs> Is not a good idea for not a movie. Good. So it turns out Christopher Walken had cameras rolling at all times. He's been cutting together kind of everything that happened on the set, which the main thing was Catherine Zeta Jones begins cheating on John Cusack, and you also see how unhealthy their relationship was. Yeah. And um and so that's it reveals the whole thing. Everyone in the audience is having these great little reaction shots. So much is revealed. And the people are embarrassed in the audience. Eventually, someone says to stop the tape, right? Someone says to stop the tape. It's like Stanley Tucci's also there. Stanley Tucci's like... (gasps) And this is like the film that he he poured $85 million into. Mm -hmm. So he's noticeably upset. Catherine Zeta-Jones is basically like... I'm upset. I'm (laughs) upset. She's like, <laughs> she's like, I'm upset. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they stop the tapes. There's a, there's a big sort of jumble of confessions. Everyone's fighting. Everyone's angry. Kiki, in typical Kiki fashion, which is one of our favorite things about her character. She's just, she's horrified, but she's mostly amused. She's so amused. And it's like all these different times, because she's so used to these drama queens. Yeah. Her sister, John Cusack. And even when he's being stupid and over the top. She's just sort of smiling and is like, okay. She knows, she knows who he is and she knows that this is his way of expressing love. Yeah. Just like her sister throughout her life, I'm sure, would express love by saying these Huge grand gestures, kind of like um, like Maggie, how she's so used to me threatening to die and I don't <laughs> want to exist. Right. And she just sits there and she waits and she's really patient. Mm-hmm. She waits for me to get out of the car. But then I'm like, I almost died once. And she's like, okay. okay. And she listened. You know, it's like... No, absolutely. And she knows that it's going to be okay. And it's mostly amusing more than anything else. fast. Rosie's sleeping in front of a mirror. (laughs) Oh, now she's just just looking at herself. Yeah. Sorry, So the film ends. John The documentary ends. So the documentary ends. Uh Everyone is fighting. John Cusack sees... uh, Oh, oh. Gwen, Catherine Zeta-Jones, and in a sort of like 
uh, Hail Mary, literally, Hail. attempt to save her career, announces to the press that her and Eddie are getting back together. Which, 48 hours earlier, she, she would have jumped on. Absolutely. But he's realized, his eyes have, his eyes have been opened, and he realized... He realizes, no, I don't want to be with you. Mm-hmm. I want to be with your sister. Uh, and he announces He announces it. it to everyone. She, Catherine Zeta-Jones does kind of like poke him into it, but when he announces it, it's such a good reaction. It's such a great reaction because she's excited, but also her reaction shows she would have been fine with it not being a declaration. <laughs> exactly. She's exactly. she's fine with the fact it is she's a declaration. Like, she's like, oh, Oh, that's oh. right. Like, this is the man I am in love with who you have to accept them for all he is. And he is the person who his love language is is being dramatic. Is being just broad, broad strokes. So the, the movie ends with Catherine Zeta-Jones mm-hmm. um, being more of like a career mastermind than any of us gave, gave her credit for. She spins the Ugh. whole thing into being about her and being on something. On drugs. On drugs. Uh, Eddie and Kiki uh, kiss. Uh, he says, I'm so grateful for you. I wanted to kill myself. And then they they poorly pack a suitcase and literally ride off into the sunset that for me okay wait (laughs) what was the hottest john cusack moment for you i'm gonna tell you mine it's him thinking he's helping packing (laughs) and he's not being silly fast packing her he's like i did it i helped you and she's just laughing like no you didn't and also like happy that this is the problem for the rest of her life but realizing that this is the problem Problem for the rest of her life is this is who this is how he thinks he's helping her oh i do think that i'm so grateful for you that's just like instead of being like you can say like you know i'm in love with you yeah that's like i think that's really like a way of saying like I'm in love with you. Yeah. I love you. Is because I'm so think about grateful it. for no you. No one had ever, like, like Billy Crystal knew she, knew she was going to do it. Yeah. Catherine Zeta-Jones knew she was going to do whatever she needed, but no one had ever acknowledged, like. Yeah, I'm, you are, you. You existing is something I'm grateful oh, for. Oh, my gosh. Okay. That's all we want. So. And so that. That's. America's, America's sweet, Chicago. America's sweetheart. <laughs> Chicago is. It's Chicago is another Catherine Zeta Jones film. And Sorry. that's Chicago. And that's Chicago. So now we're going to talk about our Golden Globe. So famously, Catherine Zeta Jones wasn't nominated for a Golden for Globe. For a Golden. That, n- she was not. And so we wanted to discuss a few things that. We would and would not give Golden Globes yeah, to. Yeah, in the year 2001. Okay, first, um, I will start with my Golden Globe. Uh, John Cusack packing a suitcase. Golden Globe. I will give a Golden Globe. And the way he like rubs her shoulders mm. as he's like, hey baby, I'm about to be a big help. And she's like, <laughs> okay. And then he's like, I did it. No, all you have to do is move the clothes faster. That's something I give a Golden Globe to. Okay, I give a Golden Globe to the leather jackets mm. in the film. Like a lot, a lot of leather jackets. Oh wait, I have an... Another Golden Globe that I give to this film is when John Cusack's 
Cusacks. Cusack butters Julia Roberts' toast and gives it to her. Yes. That's really, that was a, that was a good, that was a Golden Globe. Okay. These are all great. Yeah. I give Golden Globe to Julia Roberts listening. A Golden, here's something no one's ever said before. Oh, yeah. Julia Roberts' smile. (laughs) She's a really pretty smile. Has anyone ever thought about that? Yeah. Has anyone ever mentioned, I don't think so. No, I think that's a new thought for us. I think it's really underrated. Another Golden Globe is, um... How beautiful Catherine Zeta Jones is. <sighs> now let's talk about what wouldn't get a Golden Globe. Oh, let's talk about let's talk about mm, things we wouldn't mm, we would not does not retro- get a go- retroactively no. take Golden Globes away from. No, here's this is what it's gonna be. <laughs> here's what doesn't get a Golden Globe this year. Exactly, <laughs> or any year, or any year, but this year. Okay, what go. doesn't get a Golden Globe this year from you? Um, from me, I would say. One of the things that does not get a Golden Globe from me is uh, the the joke that is like fully ended on. Mm. Oh yeah, is, is is that large Doberman just going to town on Billy Crystal's balls? <laughs> I don't like that joke. It does not get a Golden Globe from me. So in two thousand and one, anything guys think back on like the wedding planner, how Matthew McConaughey's hand gets stuck on this Greek statue's marble um, penis. Yes. And everyone's like, that's hilarious. Yeah. Anything having to do with that, that was very late 90s, early 2000s, as if people had just discovered penises. Yeah. They were a lot of jokes. So anyways, Catherine Zeta-Jones has a Doverman, and the last shot of the movie is the most clear that he wrote it, and he wrote it in 2001. It ends on him with the dog lurching towards him. That and, doesn't and, get and, a Golden cl- Globe. That does not get a Golden Globe. What for you doesn't get a Golden Globe? We have a couple things that we've hit on. Uh, for mm, for me, what one thing that definitely doesn't get a Golden Globe is Julia Roberts and the fat phobia of the yes. movie. This is something to prove it was important to us is something like I talked to Maddie about before. Yeah. Is I don't, one thing I think it's interesting that they, I'm bad at spatial awareness. She did not lose 60 pounds. I, she was not 60 pounds heavier in those flashbacks. No, it may be 30 pounds. At first, yeah, at first Catherine Zeta-Jones is like, Kiki lost 60 pounds. And my brain was like, did she say 16? Because it <laughs> looks way more like she lost 16 pounds yeah. than 60 pounds. 60 pounds. So, I will say how they did the makeup and how they dressed her. I, like, thank heavens they did not go Monica from Friends. Yeah, yeah. It is, like, they actually, it looked really natural. It just looked like Julia Roberts, 30 pounds heavier. Yeah. And, um... I wish there was... I completely understand where they were coming from. And, like, I think if you... I think it's just tough because Julia Roberts is and always has been a very slim actress who has has never dealt with being overweight ever in her life. And there is definitely this like implication that she is... Is overweight politically correct? Yes. Okay. It is. It's like, that's actually is what it... Just technically. It's technically... Correct. Overweight. Um, And... 
Bird. bird sounds and I think there's a big implication in the film that she is somehow like worthy of Eddie's l- I and I, I think it, it is up to interpretation but she's worthy of Eddie's love now that she's thinner mm-hmm. and of course that's not the point but it, I don't I don't know if he would have like no- noticed he her like that kissed her yeah, he did kiss her. He did kiss her, but I think it's tough. It's a very like a gray area and it is something where I don't I think if we remade this film in 20 mm-hmm. the year of our lord and savior 2022, mm-hmm. uh I don't I think we would find another another way another way of showcasing that she is more confident mm-hmm. now and it wouldn't have anything to do with her gaining or losing weight yeah and yeah and I mean I do understand you have glasses come on and off and it does actually have some sensitive moments that I'm surprised a man wrote yeah of just that simple line of John Cusack said you looked good before yeah dismissively very dismissively <laughs> and like just not being that impressed by losing 30 pounds which is yeah hard. I think they could have drabbed up Julia Roberts and in like a lot of different ways mm-hmm. and not had her gain like lose weight yeah but that was like a huge plot point it was yeah. something that was brought up all the time and now she can't also, bread it, and also like yeah which I actually though liked her being like scared of the bread mm. and him not caring if she was scared of the bread or something. Yeah. And it having a hold on her that wasn't healthy. It wasn't mm. like, oh, this is good that she's not eating bread. Good mm. for her for not eating bread. You're like, this is like a big part of her identity now. Yeah. Like, I've lost weight. I've lost weight. And it's having a negative impact. But then it swings the other way when she gets upset with John Cusack. She sits down. She's eating a lot and it's it's to the point where she gets sick she gets sick and then it's you know that's a whole other thing but anyways I think also she could have just not just been Julia Roberts but wearing glasses and no exactly now that he's saying to wear put on some Put on some ugly glasses. I think they could have drabbed up Julia Roberts without her having And also game the game. energy. The energy. Yeah. In that, like, uh, documentary shot, we see, of course, Julia Roberts, like, eating a muffin. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but also, if she still would have been thin, just kind of huddled up out of sight eating yeah. a muffin, that still, like, gives us the same energy of, like, this woman is hiding behind the scenes scarfing down a muffin in a very like <laughs> sad way you can be any size and, and look then really sad eating down a muffin while someone while your parents argue in the background yeah scarfing is that is what julie is doing yeah anyways um, um what a dirty word scarfing is there anything else that you would not give a golden globe to Oof, let me think let me think Oh, I would give a Golden Globe to mm-hmm. um, the scene uh, from the like rapid cut of Gwen and Eddie's best films where um, she has an eye problem and he's an optometrist. Mm-hmm. And instead of like the, the vision test, it yeah. says, I love you. Mm-hmm. And he boops her on the nose. That's one thing <laughs> that... I would give a Golden Globe I to that. I would give to the nose boop. <laughs> 
And then also that part in the bed where Julie Roberts is covering her mouth. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I would give a Golden Globe to that. I would. Just because that's the thing is Julie Roberts is a great listener, mm-hmm. which then, of course, leads to great acting and also great improvising. But I think John Cusack is like a, a like he's a raw nerve. Yeah. So he... He's a live wire. He's a live wire. The moment... He, which also, when he's like, she's like, how are you? And he reaches down. The first time I saw it, I thought he was going to, like, reach down and touch his, like, morning wood. <laughs> like, his heart. And when he came back up with the sheet and did this cute little moment. You were like, oh, my God. I was like, that wasn't him in his morning wood, actually. No, you were like, oh. oh. So, anyways, John Cusack being cute, which yeah. I've said enough. So... Guys, this is, is called the Lonely Girls Podcast. This is called the Lonely Girls Podcast. All right, so let's talk about the loneliest girls in this Let's film. talk about the loneliest girls. I think it's obvious. I think Julia Roberts, Kiki is such a lonely girl. Mm-hmm. I think Kiki is an incredibly lonely girl because she needs to be needed. She does. Very Enneagram 2. Oh, very Enneagram 2. But she is a lonely girl, but I one thing I do love is she does have is trying and does to and no she does she has successful boundaries where like she kisses John Cusack they sleep together she feels like she knows where this is going oh it isn't leading where she thought she was going okay I'm leaving this is my boundary either you tell them about us or I leave Mm -hmm. and she goes like to him afterwards like how did I how did you know and he says, when I realized I was going to lose you. Mm. So by putting down that healthy boundary, that it, I don't know if it would have happened if she wouldn't have put it up. I think you're correct. Thank you. I also think a case could be made for Catherine Zeta-Jones as oh, being definitely. a very lonely girl. Like so lonely that she's living in like a prism of her own imagination. She is insane. She is tortured Every mm-hmm. moment of every day. That's why she has to make everything the center of... She has to make herself the center of the world. A hundred percent. I've also... I heard uh, some famous person once say, the more known you are, the less... Like, people want to become famous so they will feel known. But actually, the more famous you are, the less people... Actually know, know you. you. Yeah. And so I think... And what's well, really dang sad it. Just is prove that is I think due to her own uh, selfishness and self-absorbedness, she lost the one person who really cared about her. But I actually think Kiki. Um, I think that her and Kiki's relationship actually will get better mm. after some time. Oh, I think I think they'll be okay. And I think they'll be. Okay. I actually think they'll all be okay. I think that's and that is kind of like nice. I'm just really overthinking this, but at one point, like, when John Cusack tells her, like, at the very end, he's, like, saying to Catherine Zeta-Jones, he's like, I am in love with you, but I'm in love with that beautiful, bright, sexy person. And at first you're like, oh, that's, you know. Yeah. But actually, he was never in love with Gwen. Yeah. He was in love with the movie star version of her. The idea of Gwen. The idea of Gwen. So it actually makes a ton of sense that she cheated. Yeah. Because by her own husband, he actually didn't know her. No. And 
So there we go. She's a lonely girl. I think I that think, proved it. I think Catherine Zeta-Jones might even be lonelier than Julia Roberts. Yeah, I think I think especially by the end of the movie, I think Julia Roberts knows herself or is a lonely girl who has really worked on things. Yeah. Catherine Zeta-Jones has her, a lot of work. Her therapist is out of the country. <laughs> her what are you expecting her, her to do? She didn't win a Golden Globe this year. Yeah, this is, and what is it? Everyone's always wanting a piece of her. Ugh. Her life is really hard. I just, but she's gonna be okay. She's gonna be okay. Oh, also the clip of Catherine Zeta Jones doing that rant. I showed it to one of my oldest friends, and I was like, "LOL, I feel like this sometimes." And that's when she was, I thought, gonna say like, "What? You're not like that." And she goes, "Oh, I see it." <laughs> I did too. Yeah, <laughs> because I wasn't nominated for a Golden, Golden Globe, Globe this year. year. I, I, I. Bl- what would you say is the character of John Cusack? Is mm. is Eddie a lonely girl? You know what, Maddie? I think... <laughs> <laughs> I think, Maddie, they're ready. Do you think they're ready for a new archetype? Oh my gosh. Are they... Are they ready for a new entry into the lonely lexicon? I think they are. I think... Come on. Give it to us. So... That was a really genuine question that I asked and definitely wasn't scripted. We believe that Eddie, John Cusack... The archetype of all John Cusack characters? Yeah. Loosely. Loosely. Very loosely. Is that of a lost boy. (gasps) And in the sort of lonely girl canon, Mm. you often run into lost boys. There is definitely overlap. There's definitely overlap, and I think Lonely Girls and Lost Boys tend to attract and repel one another. Everyone, don't pause, but have a think, as I speak, of a lost boy. I feel like something's now come to mind. I, I think the, the immediate thought is Peter Pan, and you're correct. Unless he's a lonely girl. Okay, so (laughs) So, yeah, is he a lonely girl or lost boy? I don't know. Stay tuned for another episode. Stay tuned for me. I don't know. Maybe we're going to talk about it. But I think there is is something that's integral about the lonely girl and the Mm -hmm. lost boy, which is also, by the way, a gender neutral term. Both are gender neutral. Both are entirely gender neutral. A lonely girl... And a lost boy are both desperate for connection. Mm-hmm. They're filled with emotion. They're filled with a, with a sense of not belonging. Yeah. But would you say a lost boy goes about it in a different way? Yeah, I think a lost boy, I kind of imagine the imagery of like running through a garden. Both mm-hmm. are running through gardens. Right. But the lost boy is just kind of running through plants. Like he's like literally running through the garden. Yeah, he's like, and not paying attention to what might be in his wake. What like delicate flowers he's destroying in his path. He just only sees, and not just the goal of everyone, he has a goal and, and nothing else is going to, matters. And not even, oh, nothing else is going to stand in my way. He's just not paying attention. Yeah. A lonely girl, a lot of y'all, as soon as you even heard the word lonely girl, 
instantly were like, that's me. I understand. And lost it, Boys don't have that reaction. Lost Boys don't know they're Lost Boys. Lost Boys don't know they're lost. Oh, wow. Oh. So, Aww. here we go. John Cusack. Lost Boy. Lost Boy. Adam Sandler. Lost, lost boy. boy. Who's another one? Who's another good Lost Boy? I feel like... All white boys? All white men. No, I think um, I think the sort of personality traits of a lost boy are like a sort of a sense of, of romance. Like I think Ted Mosby could be a lost boy from How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. There's something where it's like they, they have this idealized version of reality mm-hmm. that they are constantly trying to obtain is it pretty much the boy like the salt and pepper shaker of the manic pixie dream girl yeah and then next to each manic pixie dream girl is a lost boy is a lost boy okay that's yeah that's actually like um well but well, would that, you so, say so maybe like kate winslet in titanic is a lost boy okay if leo is a manic pixie dream girl so what about eternal sunshine is kate well, Kate Winslet is the manic pixie dream girl. But I so, don't think he's So Jim a, Carrey... Jim, no, he's... A, I think he's more of a lonely... He's not I a think, lost boy. I, I think he's a lonely girl. I think Jim Carrey's a lonely girl. Scratch that. Yeah. But I was on to something. Oh, you really were. Thank you. So, that's the lonely boy. That's the lost boy. That's the lost boy. <laughs> that's the lost boy. Um, we are incredibly excited to add um, him to you our and your lexicon if you come up with any suggestions for us please let us please let us know um we have a a very sort of mm, act at popping instagram presence sure that we very much enjoy um, putting content onto we very much enjoy talking to all the people that we talked to thus far yes um and we would love to have you be a part of the conversation please um if you follow us on Instagram, go to the most recent post and tell us what you would give a Golden Globe to. Tell us what would who deserves a Golden Globe. Who deserves a Golden Globe? Is it Catherine Zeta-Jones's like giant cuffs on her collared T-shirt? I I think so. Is it just the sort of like sandy beige color palette? Of the whole movie. Of the whole movie. Is it Billy Crystal's sweater vest? Yeah, yeah. Is it Stanley Tucci's hairline? Is it Seth Green's red, 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 red tracksuit? Red. Oh, is it Seth Green's red tracksuit? Oh my gosh. What yeah. a red tracksuit. That suit. was a really red tracksuit. Was it, um... <laughs> Let us know. Let us know in the comments. Go to Lonely Girls Podcast. Lonely Girls Podcast Instagram. And let us know. Um, Rebecca, thank you so much for coming to my my home. Oh, yeah. Um, Maddie's moved all of my furniture, so now she lives here. Now it's actually my house. Yeah. Um, Thank you for coming to my home and spending all this wonderful, beautiful time with me and in the city that I live in. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for, you know what? 
You know what, Rebecca? What's up? I'm so grateful for you. <laughs> I'm so grateful for oh you. Oh my gosh. And hey, I like you just the way you oh are. Oh my gosh. I think you look good all the time. I feel that I think you've always looked good. I think you've always looked good and you always will look good. <laughs> America's sweetheart. We are America's, America's sweethearts. Sweetheart. Rebecca, if they want to find you um, online and not on our podcast page, where can they find you? Why in the world would you not? Okay. Um, you can find me at Rebecca Botter at Instagram and then... What about you, Maddie? Um, you can find me at Turner Madeline on Instagram or at Madeline Turner on TikTok. Um, I already feel the lonely girls a buzz with this I new know. T- with this new archetype. Oh, I I want you to think. Go and text a lost boy in your life mm. and tell him just tell them. Him or her. It's a gender neutral. To stop running through your freaking garden. Stop running through your garden, but yes, you can butter my toast. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a perfect place to cut.